You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. Very, very excited to bring in. Um, of course, I'm Chip Brown of Horns247.com, but I'm very excited to bring in uh, national championship, two-time national championship coach of the Texas men's golf team. The one, the one in the fields. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chip. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here today and obviously really excited about winning that championship with our guys. Uh, um, all of them played fantastic golf out there in Scottsdale, Arizona, representing the University of Texas. There's nothing better than winning a national championship. Well, your team has such an interesting story arc because you bring in this phenomenal recruiting class, um, you know, back in 2018, 2019 school year, um, you know, Parker and Pearson, Cootie and Cole Hammer. And as freshmen, you upset Oklahoma State in the semifinals of the NCAA championship match play. And you you play Stanford for the national championship. You lose three to two. But it seemed like from that moment on, the mission was to get back. And then, you know, COVID-19 wipes out the 2020 championship. And then in 2021, you know, you have illness, you have guys who are exhausted, it, you finish 25th. Right. And so it looks like they're down to their last chance. And then all of a sudden, the Cootie twins suffer hairline fractures in their arm, trying to brace themselves on a padded wall, you know, at the end of a relay race. And that happens in December and they miss time. And you're not really a full team again until March. But then it starts to come. John, and in April, you told me we might just have enough to get it done. Yeah. So what happened there in Scottsdale as this team just kept getting better? It seemed like the final round of medal play, you were you were the lowest round as a team. And then you play the 36 holes of match play against Oklahoma State and Vanderbilt. And then you beat Arizona State for the championship. Take us through what you were seeing as the coach, as this team seemingly just looked like it was peaking at the right time. Yeah. What happened was, and, and thank you for that intro chip. Uh, what happened was, is our team really kind of came together at the end of March. Uh, we played in Tucson and Parker Cootie was back and, and we finished runner up in that tournament and had a great final round. And really from that moment on, and, and, and one other tournament before without the Cootie brothers, we, we finished third in Las Vegas. And that was like, a that was kind of a, an awakening for the team. And then in Tucson, it was better because Parker was back. And then when we got to Augusta, which was early April, uh, we just blew the field away. We beat Oklahoma state by 20 shots. And at the time they were either the number one or number two team in the nation. And, so that was like a belief that kind of seeded into the team. And 
no question the guys absolutely 100% at that point knew that we had enough to, to win a national championship. And in actual fact, with those seven final tournaments, including the NCAA championship, were something like 90 under par. And that's a, that's a testament to this team, how really good it is. And the momentum that we took in, even though we didn't win the conference championship and we finished fourth at the regional, top five teams go, we still had played good golf. What people missed was the Big 12 had four teams in the Elite Eight at the national championship. So our conference is singularly the best conference in America. No, no, hands down. Hands down. And of course, the SEC would say that's not true. But when we go into the SEC, it's going to be hands down. <laughs> Oklahoma and, and, and Texas go into the SEC. That will invigorate their conference. They're good and they're second best. But the Big 12 this year was the best and truthfully has been for the last 12 to 14 years. So anyway, we knew we had momentum. And but we were still dealing with a lot of pressure and whether it was a regional where you have to finish top five, that was incredible pressure. But Travis Vick shot 10 under par in the tournament, finished runner up by one shot and really put the Texas men's golf team on his back and carried us to the national championship. The, the three seniors played solid there, but not the kind of golf that they really could play. And then the first couple of rounds were solid at the NCAA championship. But once they knew they'd made that top 15, it was like the, the cloud of pressure that was on them was gone. And it was like it disappeared just like smoke disappears from time to time. And, and uh, the last day of the medal play, they really played out of their minds. They played really good golf, the kind of golf that we all think they can play. And then in the comp in, in the match play, once we made it to the Elite Eight, I noticed that they were playing with a freedom that I had never seen before with this team. Even their freshman year, they they played well because of the enthusiasm they had for the moment. This time they played well because they just freed up all five of them and played extraordinary golf. And that's what it took because we beat what was the number one team in the nation in Vanderbilt, the number three team in the nation, which is um oklahoma state and the number four team in the nation which was arizona state had we had our full team all year long we probably would have been in the top three maybe the top two maybe even the number one team in the nation but all the obstacles and difficulties that we faced served to create an environment where they were able to handle that pressure and truth be known like i said they played free golf and Honestly, I've never seen that before as a coach, but I sure enjoyed it this time. So when you say you saw them play freely, um, of course, your other national championship came in 2012 uh, on a team that had Jordan Spieth, Dylan Fratelli, Cody Gribble. Um, were, was this team, did they play more freely than that team did in, in beating Alabama for that championship? Well, this was more enjoyable for me. So... I always believe that that a coach's demeanor has a lot to do with the way the team plays. And so you got to you got to try to be calm, you got to try to to enjoy the moment. In 2012 my contract hadn't been renewed and we got to the regional. I had the number 1 team in the nation. It was a good time for it to be 
that kind of situation. But for Pearl and I, it caused a lot of pain. It was it was very difficult to deal with that. Not to know that you're going to come back and and even at the regional, if we didn't have a good regional, even with the best team in the nation, which was Jordan Spieth, Cody Gribble, Dylan Fratelli, um, Tony Hockiel, and Julio Vegas, if somehow we had not met the moment, you'd probably be talking to a different coach. And that was a lot of pressure at that time. And I really believe that. And, and that caused a tremendous amount of pain. So when we went on to win the national championship, that was more of a relief. And, and even though I tried to enjoy it as best I could, bottom line is, is that it was painful and it was more painful than it was enjoyable. And there was a lot of anger associated with that, with me, because we gave it our best, just like we've given it our best right now. But um, anyway, on a personal note, that's what I was dealing with. And that probably affected our team a little bit. And yet we were still able to overcome that. This one was more joy. Um, I have a nice contract. I'm, I've got four more years on this contract. Darn right and, you do. And I don't need to to worry about what if I'm going to have a job next year. We do things right. We don't cheat. We don't do anything weird. And uh, and so I don't. I'm not looking over my shoulder. I'm not looking at oh man. I hope they don't find out about this or that. But that's not true. That's not our program. Our program is is really nice and 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 does things right. And that's because of the leadership with Chris Del Conte and all the people that support us. But the bottom line is this was much more enjoyable for me. And it truthfully was not as emotional for me because I knew I had a great team and it was just having things align the way they did. And then for them to free up and play the kind of golf, I'll never forget that. That's, that's the, 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 the final round of the 72 hole medal play before we went into match play is singularly the absolute best round that I've ever coached. Wow. The, the team three under par round. I mean, you went storming into the match play. I want to take you to the, to the championship match because for the fans who were watching on TV, they saw you walking with Travis Vick and he, he requested you because everyone wants to know who does the head coach walk with when you got five guys and so tell us about that. Tell us why you were walking with Travis Vick. Of course, Travis Vick ends up closing out the match uh, with a beautiful uh, two-putt par from 20 feet on 18. Uh, he runs off the green into the fairway, into the you know chest-bumping, uh, his chest-bumping teammates. But tell us why you were walking with uh, Travis Vick. I had made the commitment, like I said, that to um... – to, to be out on the par threes with the guys, give them yardages, uh, go out on the golf course early to see if there was anything remarkable about it. And then also to be on the par fours, uh, either in the fairway or on the greens, help read, do whatever, but do it for all five of them. But on the 12th hole, Travis was one up and he was coming off the green. And he, he, uh, he basically said, you know, this is really crazy, coach. This is BS. These fans are really being obnoxious they're clapping when i miss a putt they're they're doing things that you know cat calling me whistling when i do something wrong or whatever and i said well okay um let me ask you this travis because i knew he's a baseball player and a football player through high school and he played through his junior year and andy pettit was his 
baseball coach along with uh, Lance Berkman. But anyway, uh, I said, hey, when you were on the mound, did anybody ever cat call you or did anybody try to get you off your game or yell nasty things at you? He said, all the time. And I said, well, Travis, this is no different. These are ASU sports fans. They're really not golf fans. They're not necessarily educated in golf. And plus, they probably had a little bit to drink. So this is just like a baseball game. And he looked at me. He said, you think so? And I said, for sure. And he goes, oh, okay. And from then on, he said, well, why don't you just walk with me? And so I did. And uh, so happens that we get into that situation where he's the last guy. And we need that point, And he gets it for us. I mean, what what did you see in his demeanor going into that 18th hole? Because, you know, it had been a, an up and down match and, you know, he 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 just executed perfectly. Yeah, he um, the fact that he's played other sports, that, that he played baseball and had high value coaches like a Andy Pennant or a Lance Berkman, uh, his his mentor in golf was. Hal Sutton, you're probably talking about three of the toughest athletes that have ever lived. And, and, and Travis has taken on that persona. He's, he's super tough, but it's, it's second nature to him. It's not something that he's tried to be. It's just the people that he's grown up around. And I would say his mom and dad have instilled that in him as well. And so for instance, when he had that longer putt on 18, all of our guys were standing on the hill adjacent to the 18th green and they were a little nervous because you, you know he's got a two putt and he read that putt and he told me that the putt was a little slower even though it was downhill than than you might think so he had his wits about him and i said hey do you got it and he said yeah i got this putt and and then he just went up there and hit it to six inches and after that putt was over and after we won the tournament and after all the hoopla I asked him I said were you were you nervous at all over that putt and he said coach it's second nature I was just thinking about hitting a good putt I'm like okay sounds good to me I mean talk about just being able to block everything out not think about what's on the line and just delivering uh it you know the euphoria then ensues and what was that celebration like john because i mentioned all the adversity that this team had been through they were in the championship match as freshmen probably wondering at some points if they were going to get back there and then it happens and it and it ends in a win yeah they they uh i mean we celebrated a little bit there just had dinner they had dinner for us after the event and a lot of pictures, a lot of ceremonies, different things that we had to do. And then we got on the planes and, and uh, coming back that night. And I, I won't say who, but one of our former players helped fly us back um, to Austin, which was really nice. We, if you don't know, we've got some pretty successful PGA Tour players out there that have yes, you do. Uh, done some nice stuff. You can look on their on their on their uh, on their shirts and know that they're sponsored by different jet companies. But but the bottom line is we got back safely and on the plane, they talked a lot about, you know, the best shots that they had hit that week. This is a different group. This is not a crazy, this is a really focused group. And, and plus they're getting ready to start their professional career, whether it's Cole Hammer, Pearson Cootie and Parker Cootie. And then Travis Mick, Vic and Mason Nome are 
uh, going to be my leaders next year. So there was no crazy partying or anything. They, they, uh, they're all pretty darn focused on wanting to be successful. And, uh, we had a nice dinner last night and then we lit the tower last night. And so I don't know, this probably won't stop for a few weeks in terms of celebration, different things for each one of them, but it's super exciting. It's kind of a, a beginning of lifetime achievements for these guys, because I do think they're going to all have success on tour. And if that's the case, Pearl and I are going to get to enjoy them just like we do today on Saturdays and Sundays. And you can look at the PGA tour this week and see that five guys got a chance to win this golf tournament going into the weekend. Um, we'll take a quick break here with two time national championship golf coach at the university of Texas, John Fields talking about the latest National Championship won by the Longhorns. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John, you mentioned it. You're not going to, you know, go into, you know, who flew you back from the, from the, from the desert, but any moments behind the scenes from that week or the season that you thought were really telling about this team? Well, one of the things that I really committed to this year was trying to do things similar to what we did in 2012, right down to the uniforms that we wore the last couple of days. And, uh, and I pushed John Paul, my assistant to do that. And, and then I wanted through COVID and even last year with budgetary concerns, we really cut corners on how we took care of these guys. Um, you know, fast food versus sitting down and, and, and really enjoying conversation and a nice meal. So we really committed to doing that over the last few weeks of this semester. And, it was just, it was more similar to how we've always run our program. I think COVID affected everybody, how they do things and, and, uh, and how difficult it was for everybody. But we weren't going to let that get us this time. And another thing that, that was really cool, uh, Ben Crenshaw talked to the team in 2012. And uh, he did the same thing this year going into the event. And then Tom Kite started the year with a conversation with the guys out at Austin Country Club. So we have, we're blessed with major champions. We're blessed with people who care about our program. And so we, we try to utilize all the, the tools in our tool bag and, and not taking advantage of talking with those guys would, would not be really very intelligent on my part. So, and, 
I lost my ego a long time ago. I don't have really any, I, I'm in the business of building egos and dealing with them, but I'm not uh, adverse to having a major champion come in and talking to our team. Well, you said before you um, talked to us in April, April 21st, I think you talked to us, you said you had been talking with Jordan Spieth and saying that we have just the right amount of fire in our belly and synergy. Yeah. And when you combine that with real talent, you might just have enough to get it done. Yeah. You thought right then you had the team to win it, didn't you? I did. And and uh, and then what was even more amazing was the the, the story about Sonny Santrelli, you know, uh, a young man, 14 years old, um, that's a member at UT Golf Club that's afflicted with stage four lymphoma in his neck. And, and uh, I had told the team that that had happened probably nine weeks ago. And then lo and behold, about eight weeks ago, Pearson Cootie was in the men's grill and the club had uh, given permission to Sonny and his family so that he could be in the men's grill and have dinner from time to time so that he could be a little bit more comfortable. I mean, he's, he's going through chemo, you lose your hair, you're all the, those things. And Pearson knew who he was sitting in the same room with. I mean, he invited him to sit with him. And next thing you know, Pearson had an NIL deal and still does. He'll have a, a new contract with TaylorMade. But he called up his contact and say, hey, do you ever do anything nice for people like this? And he said, absolutely. If we get the opportunity, we want to. And so they sent him three wedges and a putter and put hashtag Sonny Strong on the on the clubs and, and on the putter. And then they they put uh, Philippians 413, which is I can do all things through Christ. And they put that on the three wedges and the putter. And, and it really affected our team because we were. Uh, Pearson was able to give those to him with the team. And uh, and then they showed up at the tournament. And it was like having an angel there to, to if there was any other uh, lingering thoughts of, of, uh, of thinking too much about yourself, uh, Sonny took all that away. And, and, and uh, we were able to share it with him as well. So he was on the 18th green when we won. He was out there and we we heard later on that he had had his chemo uh, before he got out there on this on the on the third day of the tournament, and and he was really struggling to even get on the plane. He was nauseous, and not feeling good, and and yet he persevered and got there. And uh, our guys knew that. And I mean, you can't be can't be more encouraged or uh, invigorated by a story like that when you know that person personally and. And you know they're they're dealing with things that you're you're not even acquainted with that you can't even put into perspective. And then to have mom and dad there and his sister, and his dad was uh, a, a very motivational guy. But boy, it's been tough on them too. So, long story short, it was it was wonderful to have them out there, and and the good Lord gave us the opportunity to share it with them too. Yeah, that is very uh, very touching. I mean, it, you know, they came across on the on the broadcast too. And, yeah. um, the cooties are special. I mean, yeah. the Kyle cootie, their dad, I mean, everyone talks about Charles, the 71 masters champion, their grandfather, but Kyle cootie played golf at Texas. 
uh, from 83 to 87. And then, you know, Pearson and Parker Cootie come and um, just talk about what they've meant to the program, John. Well, all three of them, whether it's the Pearson Cootie, Parker Cootie, or Cole Hammer, it truthfully was like having three assistant coaches extra on your team because they have so much experience. They played in multiple PGA Tour events. They played in multiple major championships on the PGA Tour. And they've been places that I never have been as a coach or as a player. And so a lot of times we would sit in the office and just kind of go through different things that they believed we needed to do. I believe in listening to your players and, and uh, I don't have all the answers. I'll tell them that straight up. So I'm interested in listening to what they have to say. Those three guys with the talent they have and the, the experiences they have honestly was like having three assistant coaches. And, uh, and that's to go with my two incredible assistant coaches, which is coach John Paul Hebert and my volunteer assistant, Richie Coughlin. And so, having those guys with that kind of ability and then the work ethic that they have, I'm going to miss that for sure. But they've passed that on to Travis Vick and Mason Nome, and we've got a great group coming next year. So I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to the excitement of going out there as defending national champion. I know that Mason Nome and Travis Vick are thinking about that right now. And I know that our recruits, whether it's Jacob Sosa from Westlake or Keaton Vaux from Anderson, who helped his team win a, a state championship against Highland Park this year. And then uh, Christian Moss, who's from South Africa, that's cut from the same cloth that Dylan Fratelli and Brandon Stone, who were both first team All-Americans for us from, from South Africa. Um, he's top 25 in the world. So he's gonna, he's gonna see action right away. He's really good. And so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to our future and um but we're going to enjoy this moment that's for sure well and it's it's cool now they have these university uh points the pga right. tour university right. points so pearson cootie is number one cole hammers number five and the top five get uh exemption from the corn ferry tour uh for their first year so that's fantastic yeah and and who knows i mean they may be like, you know, Spieth and Scheffler and just get right to making it on the PGA Tour. You said those three are three of the best golfers who've ever come through Texas. Um, you feel like they're cut from the same cloth as as Spieth and Scheffler, it sounds like. Yeah, they're 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 very good players and uh, they've got opportunities in front of them. It's not going to su surprise me if they have incredible success. They want it badly and they're willing to work for it and they're blessed with the talent. So that's a good combination. What uh, the synergy at Texas right now, John, I mean, I was oh thinking back uh, seven, 10 years ago, it wasn't pretty. Uh, you just talked about 2012 and how uncertain things were. The morale was not where it is today in the program, oh. in the, in the athletic department, you're the fourth national championship won by the school this year in addition to the fourth golf national championship at Texas. Um, just talk about the the mojo, the synergy within the Texas athletic department. Yeah, well, that has been rekindled by our leader, which is Chris Del Conte. I mean, I think the good Lord put, if, if everybody gets one battery to, to run their life, he's got like five and he's got an unbelievable vision for success. He knows 
that all of our facilities got to get better on an annual basis to keep up with the programs. Uh, I don't anticipate that he'll ever go to sleep in terms of, hey, you got what you got. This is good enough type. That's not him at all. And the fact that he's come in and, and demanded that he wants his teams, all of them, to be in the top 10 and in position to win a national championship. Well, when you do that, you've got to create a platform for your coaches and for your teams to be able to do that, which means in this case, you've got to give them all the resources and he's done that. And then if you actually hire people that are of like mind, which he's done, uh, whether it's in his administration or his coaches, then all of a sudden you create some synergy that is maybe insurmountable for other programs. And, and uh, I'm hoping that that catches fire in all of our three revenue producing sports. And I think it will, I think all of our coaches are dynamic. And I think that uh, when, you, when you walk into the Moody center or the South end zone, it's for real. And then with NIL, um, I think that a lot of programs are laboring the fact that they might not be able to keep up. Well, the bottom line is, is that he's embraced that too. And there are things we cannot do, but our alumni are out there to, to, uh, to get after it and to, to help create, create success. And, um, you can only play the game on the board that is in front of you. Right. And I'm around people that want to play. I'm around people that want to get the job done and they're willing to play by the rules, do things right. And then, and then just play hard. And, uh, and that's what I think Chris Del Conte has done for us. It's very similar to that 2000 to 2009 era that I got to live as well. People always used to tell me, you're, you're living in Delos's good old days right now. And that was that time period. And I believe that time is coming again. Well, that is uh, incredibly exciting. You, you hit on the golfers you have coming in next year. You've got uh, Travis Vick and Mason Nome back. Uh, where do you see Texas golf next season? I mean, it, is, is it kind of a rebuild or is it a reload? How would you characterize it? I think it's a reload. I think that uh, these guys are going to, for whatever experience they're going to lack, those three freshmen, they're going to come in with multiple amounts of enthusiasm. And on a normal basis, that makes up for any lack of experience. So with the, the leadership they're going to get from Travis Vick and Mason, Nome, uh, I think Texas golf is in good hands right now. Well, John, really, really appreciate the time. I've I've known you your whole time in oh, Texas. Yeah. You're you're steady as the Mississippi. I was so excited to see you out there uh, with your team, enjoying this incredible accomplishment. Of course, you, um, you know, you're the whisperer. You you mm -hmm. give them the right message to mm -hmm. to go out there and get it done. Congratulations so much, and thanks for for taking uh, taking some time with us today here at the Flagship Podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Chip. Hook 'em horns. All right. For John Fields, I am Chip Brown. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.